0: Sure, most of you listening to this know on end Canada is a podcast that focuses on the many connections between anime and Canadian media but of course every year I like to do a Christmas special where I have a bunch of guests on some who have been on the show some who have not um, and we just talk about our favorite media from the past year just break down you know our favorite TV shows anime movies books um, comics whatever games music uh, just you know share three things. ...that we think have been notable and that we want to share with everyone. Um, and yeah, just uh, just talk about it for, for a couple hours. Uh, so I have a, a few guests on this time around. So we'll just introduce them one by one. So first we have uh, Caitlin Berstow. Who, uh, So who I understand has never been on this show before, <laughs> um, episode 53 does not exist of exist, my podcast. Guys. So uh, because of that, Caitlin, we'll need you to introduce yourself and uh, uh, share with everyone everything that you have, uh, have worked on.
1: It's a huge conspiracy. Um, hi, I'm Caitlin Berstow. I am a Vancouver-based voice actress. Um, I've worked on a couple of cartoons and video games and things like that, like Mega Man Fully Charged. Um, My Little Pony, Spy Kids Mission Critical, um, Super Lucky's Tale, and Hi!
0: Glad to have you on the show, Caitlin. Yeah. And so next we have Ian. Please, uh, please introduce yourself in a, in a similar manner. Uh yeah. I'm uh, I'm Ian
2: Hanlon. I'm also a Vancouver-based voice actor. I think you're going to find that to be a bit of a common thread today. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, but it's not uh, a coincidence. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but yeah, I've I've done uh, I've done a number of uh, the Lego shows. I'm, I'm currently Owen Lego Owen Grady on uh, Lego Jurassic World. I was in Nexo Nights. I did uh, a season of Ninjago, um, I've been on uh, Fruit Ninja, uh, some, a bunch of video game stuff, I was in Far Cry 5, which was a, a cool game from last year, and um, yeah.
0: yeah. A reminder that we're in Vancouver, and uh, a lot of stuff does, in fact, get done here. This is true, yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: So much stuff. Uh,
0: so, uh, Cole we have next, yep. I believe. Cole? Cole Howard. So, Cole, could you uh, run through, I, I, you've been in quite a bit of anime
3: Yeah, Yeah. I've been in quite a bit of anime. That's kind of where I started, Mm -hmm. um, working as a dubbing uh, ADR voiceover actor in Calgary. Um, But uh, since moving out here, I'm trying to think of the anime stuff I've mostly been a part of, which is like Beyblade, and I don't know exactly what I can talk about and what I can't either. (laughs) But I was in like, uh, yeah, so Beyblade (laughs) was the big one, and then like uh, other stuff. I don't know, I, I... Did a bunch of voiceover stuff for Marvel Superhero Adventures and uh, Fruit Ninja, like Ian said, Mega Man, like Caitlin said.
0: The, the cat is out of the bag on the the Dragon Ball Z Kai stuff. You Great. And, yeah.
3: Fantastic. It's t-
0: sitting in a vault and we'll never hear it. Yeah, we'll uh, never
3: hear that but I got to play Android 17 mm-hmm. which is like a childhood dream. What? Yeah, I wanted to I be true. I didn't know that. I know. That. What? <laughs> I know, I know. It's a whole thing. I, I did. Yeah, well, of course <laughs> you did. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Caitlyn <laughs> knew before I got the job. Uh, yeah. and, also,
1: <laughs> he says Marvel superheroes but what he means is he is the voice of Spider-Man.
3: I yeah, I am I am YVR's Spider-Man. This is true. You did okay. YVR's
0: Spider-Man. You're in my Mahime too, right? I
3: was in Mahime. That was way back in the day. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first ADR gigs I ever had, and it was wild.
0: Wild. And, and uh recent uh, Gintama dub for the the third. That's G-T- right. Team. Thank you for reminding yeah. me, Jesse. Yes, I was in Gintama, which
3: was also wild to do, and it completely shredded my voice. <laughs> brutal. Brutal. <laughs> Amazing, and like a terrifically fun show to do, but holy Hannah, that first episode. Oh, yeah, I, I'm
0: still amazed that you guys were even able to produce anything you from that. Both. You and me both. Uh, and and uh, we also have uh, Brian Doe here. Hi, yes. Uh, Brian Doe,
4: actor, voice actor, common mm. thing going on. Um, Timber Spruce, My Little Pony, Equestria Girls, also in Beyblade Burst. Uh, what else have I done? Did a couple of Barbie movies. Um, I was in an episode of Supergirl uh, yeah. earlier this year. I do a little bit oh. of on camera as well. Um, did a Homeworld video game ages ago.
0: So, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, Great. I am happy to have all of you guys on. Have you had a... a how's your year been? Good. <laughs> it's been a year. Been good.
2: It has been a year. 2019 Something has been. Yeah. Peaks <laughs> yeah. yeah. and valleys, man. It's always we peaceful. We got a dog? Yep. We did get a dog. Ooh. That's my highlight. Not this all year. four of us. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we, we, we adopted a, a rescue dog from Korea named Nestor, and oh. uh, he's uh, he's a character. <laughs> uh but yeah, he's uh, he's he's been a, a beautiful little journey this year, and so, uh, yeah, that's been one of the yeah. cool highlights. That's all
1: I remember. I, I, dog, yeah.
2: Nothing else. I moved yeah. into Caitlin's old apartment, <laughs> Yeah. which
1: is great. <laughs> yeah.
3: Which is great, uh, and now I'm their neighbor. Uh, Ian and Caitlin, that is.
4: Mm. I'm their neighbor,
3: mm-hmm. which is uh, wholesome and wonderful.
4: <laughs> I was saying to them earlier, I almost adopted a kitten today, yeah. a three month old kitten named Liam. I went to the Vancouver Cat Fae for the first time today, Ooh. and um, uh, he wouldn't get off my lap. It's on. There's a video on my Twitter feed. If you if you go, I was there. just reviewing that. Uh, it's adorable. It's shameless it's plug.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's funny too because like the the thing is is most of the stuff we've worked on this year. Hasn't come out yet, so yeah. we talk about it. You can't it talk about yet. it. Yeah. yeah, So it's like, it's always funny because in talking about, like, what did you do this year? It's, it's all the stuff you did yeah. last I, year. I was,
0: I was going to prod you guys on a couple things, and I'm just like, no, that's just going to be incredibly awkward <laughs> yeah. if I try to yeah. do that. So
2: let's talk
3: about
0: my last quarter of 2017. Because <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> yeah. boy, do I, boy, can I tell you things. Yeah. yeah. I, I was in Japan for Halloween. I went oh, to a, no. uh, speaking of animal cafes, I went to a rabbit and otter cafe that they had there.
1: Did
4: you touch an otter? What?
0: I did touch an otter. It was uh it was weird. They had,
4: <laughs> they had like a little leather glove hands, That is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, oh, it's uh 100%. yeah, I'm 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 not sure I'm not so sure about some of those animal cafes in, in Japan, but it mm-hmm. was it was an experience for sure. But uh yeah, that was that was a fun time we had over there.
2: That's quite a combination, too. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: yeah. The, the, <laughs> the tarantula one wasn't doing very well last I heard. Uh, really? <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> the are great. Yeah, let's just kind of get to it, I guess. Uh, so we'll we'll go around the room, and we'll just have each of you, uh, just share a few pieces of things that you enjoyed from from this past year. Uh, anyone, uh, we'll, we'll go one at a time. Does anyone want to go first?
1: I'll go first. Okay. All right, um, Caitlin.
0: Okay. Get, get the ball rolling.
1: Three things that I really enjoyed this year of the media variety. My first one would probably be the live-action film Hustlers.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: um, it is phenomenal. I went and saw it with Ian and our friend Sonny Westbrook, and Cole was supposed to come. Oh, at, oh Ryan was there too. Basically, almost mm-hmm. everyone in this room, <laughs> but but Cole couldn't come. Okay. Um,
3: <laughs> I had a good
0: reason. I, I've heard good things, but I, I missed <laughs> oh, out on it's this movie. So good. Yeah, it's
1: great. It's it's to take the subject matter of essentially these are women who are career strippers, and they decide. They go through basically like the 20, 2008 um, it's 2008, right? 2008, yeah, 2008 recession or um, of the crash of the market. And basically, they go from like being able to survive off of their like money that they were making from stripping to like no one's coming to strip clubs anymore. They're all struggling. And so, the subject matter is how they essentially take advantage of guys by kind of. Getting them really drunk and later on, actually, like, drugging them with roofies mm. to get them drunk enough and inebriated enough that they would come back to the strip club with them and spend a bunch of money and buy a bunch of expensive alcohol so that they could make money. And, um, stealing it's stealing
2: without stealing,
1: stealing without stealing. And yeah. it's, um, it's a true story. Well, it's based off a of true story. And for the subject matter of that, it ends up being extremely, like, heartwarming and sweet. It's a very much a very sweet. Kind of female friendship movie.
0: It, it is the anti Big Short. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's like the mm-hmm. flip side of the of, yeah, of the Big Short. Yeah. You could say. And it's very sweet. Yeah.
1: It stars um Constance Wu and J Lo, who are great in mm-hmm. both the roles. They're just phenomenal, and it's directed by a female director. And mm. it's for for uh, basically having the subject matter of this is about women who are strippers. The movie manages to be so not objectifying and so not mm-hmm. male-gazy, mm-hmm. and the women are always very powerful, and it really focuses on their relationships and their friendships, and I liked it so much, and it was so sweet. It was great. That you should see great, it. I mean. It's so great, and so worth seeing.
0: Yeah, that's one I mi- I missed out on. I uh, kind of forgot about it, but I'll be sure to check it out. Is it, uh, is it on, like, VOD or anything yet?
1: I don't know. We saw it in theaters, soon. so I don't know. I think we saw yeah. it
2: maybe, like, two, two, three months ago, so it's mm-hmm. probably pretty soon. Alright, right. it
0: takes, like, like what? Nine days for things to hit via. Yeah, Pretty much, so. and
1: yeah. it has a really good soundtrack.
0: It does. Doesn't it, it had a
1: really great soundtrack—a mix of like really cool popular songs, and classical music and ambient. It was just good. It was a great movie, shot, acted all around. I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, my second pick for three pieces of media that I really liked this year. Um, the second one is a Netflix cartoon series called Seis Manos.
0: Oh, yes. Um, yeah. It is
1: an adult cartoon series, very anime-esque in it style, um, kind of very reminiscent of kind of like the Spawn cartoons or like even like a darker Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. And it's Ooh. this really great story about these three orphans in Mexico um, are living, are taken in and living with a man from China who like came to Mexico to like run from his past and he like raised them and trained them in martial arts and everything. And it kind of spins from... starts there and spins into this crazy action adventure with, like, drug cartels and demons and just... Kung Fu. Kung Fu treachery. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: awesome. It's really, really good. And if you, like... If you are jonesing for, like, an adult action, like, fighting show, it is really fun. It's... The fight scenes are great. The animation's pretty. The story and the characters are all really interesting. And it, um... It's all thirty-minute episodes, so it's so binge—it's so refreshingly bingeable with how short the episodes are. Yeah. Versus sitting there for like, okay, let's put on another hour-long episode. It's it's thirty minutes. It's super bingeable, and it's really cool. And I hadn't seen an adult cartoon like that in a very long time, and I was very refreshed to see it.
0: For for all the um complaining that you can do about Netflix these days and you know I, I guess there's still there's more good to say about more more good than bad to say about netflix but they've definitely burst the doors wide open on what you can do with adult animation mm-hmm. like 100 yeah. action like action based shows that are targeted at adults they they simply they they weren't a thing outside of like yeah like dc direct to mm-hmm. video mm-hmm. movies yeah. yeah until netflix started greenlighting things like like seismanos and mm-hmm. um and Castlevania.
2: Which is the same company who did same, Yeah, same company. Which also, oh, yeah. like, a really good season two came out this year. And it's mm-hmm. really cool. It's it's a yeah. nice... Because, like, Sis sort Sorry to jump, jump no, in. No, but, no, like, nice. we started watching it. We're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Let's watch the first one. And then we'll sort of put it down. And we ended up binging through the entire first season in, like, three hours. Because it is so just accessible. And it was kind of this neat, like... It was like, if... Robert Rodriguez made an anime, like a 90s like Ninja Scroll kind of anime if he had been involved in it. It's that kind of vibe. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it,
1: it is nice that's the one thing that I really am enjoying about streaming services because they're not necessarily held down by the network rules of showing and censorship and stuff like that. Yeah. We can get interesting things like that. We can get an R-rated like adult animated fighting show. Like I'm really excited to see what new stuff they have coming out. Like I know, Alex Hirsch is now on a multi-year deal with them. The guy who yeah. did Gravity Falls, and his biggest complaint with with Disney when he was working for them was that like he was always saying it's like they just wouldn't let me do stuff I want to do. Sometimes so they l-
0: they let him do a lot on Gravity they let him Falls, do a lot. <laughs> um, so not as much
1: as he wanted. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing. It's like it's not even just a matter of censorship. It's just business models just and business. economics behind animation production. People and,
1: don't think that teenage yeah. market is there. Exactly. People do not think that teenagers consume media the way. That kids and adults are targeted, yeah like they especially with animation, they networks do not believe there is any market for like the fourteen to like seventeen audience,
0: yeah, i mean with even with adult swim like we've mm-hmm. i mean I'm guessing the last year this this wasn't one of my picks, but there was Primal that aired on adult swim, mm-hmm. and i uh, in um genny Gen- Tartakovsky of course directed that as long as as well as uh Samurai Jack season 5 from the year mm-hmm. before. So like that's kind of like they're kind of starting to get into like the whole action targeted at adults thing but it's just they're you know the 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 corporate element of it can't break away from doing mm-hmm. uh adult animation as comedy or action animation only targeted at at children. Yeah. So and it really felt yeah. like
1: we it used to be when I was a kid that was everything was like Action-oriented shows, and I right now we're in like a huge renaissance of more comedy, still like slice of life-based stuff, and you don't see as much action. And it's slowly trickling in. You got the the Ladybug, you got the um, couple of like Netflix shows that are a little more action-oriented.
2: Mm. I think people got weirded out by it. I remember being a kid. Well, but, but, I mean, parents got weirded out by the whole like action in for kids thing. Like I remember being a kid when you know Ninja Turtles came out, and then subsequently like Power Rangers and stuff like that and they were constantly going like we're banning these things and the toys in the schools because it's it's too violent and I remember thinking like Ninja Turtles is it violent really I mean y- y- you go back and you watch those things now and it's kind of quaint it was, to think of those as violent
0: It was Ninja Turtles was scandalous in the UK oh yeah well, they, they, they had, had to change them to the Hero, Hero Turtles, Turtles there I remember yeah uh, but like
1: Ninja it, is scandalous.
0: Yeah, well, and so
2: you end up getting this sort of watered-down version of action that we all just got very used to for a long time. I mean, you watch the first few X-Men movies, the live-action ones, and you have a character whose superpower is six-inch kitchen knives exploding out of his hands, and all he ever uses them for is, like, cutting through chain-link fences <laughs> until, yeah. until you know, he's been doing it for 15 years, and they finally make a movie like Logan like, oh. two years ago, which... Yep opens up with him being exactly what he's always been and everyone's like oh it's so violent and you're like well yeah that's but you know so i think to to finally get a little bit of this action flowing back in i think the turn towards comedy was very um uh, i think it was just a safe move on behalf of all of the the studios and everything just going like look, like, comedy you could possibly offend somebody but you can't outright cause some kid to go whack another kid with a bow staff or a set of nunchucks or something like I'm that. I'm Donatello! Whap! Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, It's funny, like, even shows that I don't think are violent at all, and I'm not a parent and I've never been a parent and I don't know what it's like to be raising a tiny, impressionable child. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Spy Kids, when I was on the Spy Kids cartoon, a couple reviews were like, it's too violent for my six-year-old. He watched it and said he wanted to go practice the moves that the Spy Kids did, and I was... Was not impressed. <laughs> and I'm like, what? This, this show is not violent at all. But maybe I just I see it from an adult
2: lens. If she's
3: like, oh my my my, my child is now intru- interested in international espionage, <laughs> and I caught him spying on my neighbors.
2: How dare he? Yeah. He's doing a back handspring.
3: <laughs> I don't care for that. It's crawling through vents.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: because <laughs> far too fantastical.
1: Oh, and my third thing, yay, um, is a music thing. So Ian introduced me to this amazing band called Ghost, and I love them. Their music is so great. And this year they put out a brand new EP. Um, they were on tour and we went and saw them and like it felt like a week
0: it before was we shy went of a week yeah, week.
1: they were on tour, they released this new EP and right before we saw them and it's um, called Seven inches of Satanic Panic. And they're a metal band um, with like the backup, the background of like, we run like an evil Satan Pope church.
2: It's very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs>
1: very tongue-in-cheek. It's very, especially the newer stuff, there's a lot of humor behind it. They know they're kind of doing a bit and like playing the game, which is really fun. And they released this great album. Well, it's not an album, it's an EP, with two songs on it, um, Mariana Cross and um, Kiss the Goat. And they're just such good songs. They're like they're kind of like... 60s throwbacks. 60s throwbacks. They're kind of poppy. They're kind of go go dancey. I really like them. And if you like... Well, like they're metal, but they're not like screamo metal. They're like they're like melodic metal. They're almost mm. more akin to like rock. So,
2: if you like like a Blue Oyster mm-hmm. Cult, it's that kind of like. It's okay. very listenable. It's you can hear what he's saying. Yeah, mm. it's that kind of. It, it's very. Um, if 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 you're someone who doesn't know if they're into like metal or or rock and roll or something like that, it's a cool kind of, um, a nice entry point. Yeah, it's very, very accessible,
1: especially these two songs are quite poppy, even. Yeah. But they're really nice songs, and I really like this band. So if you like kind of rocky, kind of metal, kind of pop music, you should check out Seven Inches of Satanic Panic by Ghost, because it's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Not sponsored.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like them a <clears throat> Those are my three.
2: Cool uh all right i'll i'll uh i'll hop in um hey, go ahead ian <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> my first of my three was uh the movie shazam oh, okay. uh, oh. Yeah, which i i just thought was so much fun and especially coming out of d c and and their their uh universe um their film universe it was really nice to get this you know bright upbeat Superhero movie coming out of all of this, like really, like it's got to be you know gritty and grim and all of these things, and you know it was a it was a really cool return to the whole notion of like the power fantasy of being a superhero and being a, a kid who feels like they have no power at all, and then becoming something so great. And it was very very funny, and it was very very charming, and it didn't overstay its welcome. And it I think it got a little overlooked because of kind of the bad press that the DCU has gotten in the past couple of years. And um, I think it did well, but I, I just want to encourage anybody who might have slept on it because they went like, eh, well, it's not my thing to g- give it a chance. Um, I, I, th- I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: It's got some great jokes, some great laughs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I had an opportunity to watch it on my, my flight to and from Japan, but I, I wasn't sure how the People's Republic of China – would have uh, censored it because I was on Air China, uh, so I, uh, mm. I I left it for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like
3: twenty five my... minutes long. <laughs> <It's older>. <laughs> <laughs> they cut out a lot. Wasn't his costume red?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> they cut, they cut <laughs> the credits. <laughs> yeah. uh, my my second uh, piece of of media that I really in, enjoy this year um, is uh, a video game. Um, it was pretty popular. I don't think I'm blowing any minds here. Uh, called uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, which is uh, from from software the guys who did the, the Dark Souls games mm-hmm. and Bloodborne and this sort of stuff. And it was uh, a sort of uh, samurai take on the whole Dark Souls thing. Um, I haven't beaten it, although I've put about 40 plus hours into the thing. Um, it's it's great. It's hard, and it's definitely not for everybody. But if it is your kind of jam. You've probably already played it. Uh, but uh, it was just really r- well put together and cool, and the world was fun, and I thought it, it really did a great job of building on the stuff it, that had come before it and, and adding to it um, in a really cool way. Um, and then my last piece of uh, of media that I would encourage people to check out from the past year was uh, a, a comic series um, called Spider-Man Life Story, um, mm-hmm. which was a six-issue run. Uh, I can't recall the... Uh, writer, the artist now, but um, really, really, really well done. And the premise of it was um, Spider-Man's been around now for 50 years, or 60 years I guess. Uh, What if he had aged in real time? So book one takes place in the 60s and he's 19. And it's dealing with him going like, oh the Vietnam War is kind of happening, like do I have a moral obligation to go considering all of the things that I can do? And then the second book takes place and he's 29 and it's in the 70s. And it's the plot lines that were happening in the 70s, and then the third book is the 80s, and he's 39, and it's the fourth book is the 90s, and he's, like, you know, in his 40s. And and it's really – and it's his whole life, and each book is a single decade, and it's this sort of, like, what if, you know, by present day rather than kind of, like, keeping him in this, like, you know, 15 to 40 space that he's been in, he had aged in real time. And it's fantastic. It's really great. It's an awesome beginning, middle, and end. If you want a story that – comic books can be intimidating for people, um, especially long-running ones because – I have given mm, up on
0: superhero comics forever. Yeah. but it, uh, <laughs> it
2: can be, It's so much, yeah. right? You're like, okay, volume 5, issue 770. Like, It's, it's a lot. Yeah. So to pick up something that's self-contained and it, it has a beginning, middle, and end um, was just really great. And if you love that character like so many people do, I just thought it was a really cool – um, just kind of love letter to to Spider Man, so I, I really enjoyed that, and I would recommend checking it out.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, uh, Chip Zdarsky mm. who uh, who did that, and mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's he's written on uh, on Howard the Duck before, and he did Sex Criminals. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's um, and he's done some some uh, some Spider Man writing in the in the past before. So
2: yeah, it it, it was just it's great, and each. Each issue that touches on the decade sort of touches on whatever the big arc was of that decade. Mm-hmm. So the 90s one does do the whole clone thing. Of course. Which, yep. which I mean, because that's where I came into reading it, right? I that's mean, where many
0: of us unfortunately came into yeah, reading it. Yeah,
2: and it was like, what is this? Who's this Kane guy? I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. But I, you know, came to really love playing through the Spider-Man video game last year. I, I ended up almost mm-hmm. exclusively using the Scarlet Spider costume because that was just when I started reading the books. So that was what was going on.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that Marvel would ever dare – question the sliding time scale that has dominated that uh, yeah, right. that that um that universe for for so many decades now yeah. um but yeah it's an, it's an interesting concept for sure i know every year when i do these it seems that one spider-man thing seems to come up yeah i i've kind of washed my hands with spider-man i'm still angry that they canceled the spectacular spider-man cartoon oh yeah, yeah. um the, the greg wiseman one back when uh you know, everything got messed up when, when Disney was buying Marvel. Yes. Uh, and I, I wish it had been able to to cover all those stories, but that's well, just me. I'm weird. And, that, well,
2: <laughs> and, and now with Disney Plus, we have like every version of the Spider Man cartoon. Not every.
0: No, no, no not no, every no, no, version. No, no. There's that. The Disney Plus does not have the 67 Spider Man cartoon. Oh. Uh, it does not have Spectacular Spider Man, which oh. was the Greg Wiseman one because it's mm-hmm. owned by Sony. And it also does not have the uh, new animated Spider Man, which was the. Uh, MTV CGI one.
2: Oh, was that Neil Patrick Harris? The one with Neil Patrick Harris as yeah, yeah, yeah. uh,
0: Spider Man, which is not good, but they were um, trying something. They were they were trying something, and they were they were limited because they couldn't use the movie characters. Fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they uh, but yeah, you only have uh, you only have Disney. Disney approved versions of Spider Man mm-hmm. on on Disney Plus. Right it has
2: now. it has ninety yeah. Spider Man, which was my one where the cops all had lasers. And that's they have lasers, Spider Man, <laughs> because, because real
0: guns were too violent. Yes, exactly. yeah. 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 Uh, Spider Man is not allowed to punch anyone. No. Nope. Uh, Morbius shows up every five minutes, it seems, and says and
4: plasma
0: and plasma. And uh, yeah, Morbius has more screen time than Green Goblin and Doctor Octopus combined. This is uh, in that series. They
2: really,
4: they really were like
2: this guy. This is the yeah. guy. We want suction cup hands. That's yeah. what we want. <laughs> the, the character that their
0: censorship standards would not allow to actually function properly yeah. within yeah. their cartoon. Who's
2: the most difficult character to use? Let's use him almost exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: everyone is, like, super buff and can barely move properly. Yeah,
2: Peter, you look good. I've always looked good. Oh, that's right. Everyone here is built like a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, what say you, Disney-approved Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Speaking
3: yes. of Sp- Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. Oh God. This is all going to be very pale in comparison to the last two thing to the last two collections of three things, which were really well thought out. And um, this was really challenging for me because I hardly listen or watch or do anything contemporary. Like I'm still kind of listening to the same music I listened to in high school, which you know just really lets you into the the Beatles. Yeah, lots of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they a
2: big thing? I they were I- when you were in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
3: um, so, uh, but uh, okay. All right. Here's what I. Here's what I came up with uh, on my way over here. Uh, from last year, uh, I'm very much into. Well, okay, let's get this one out of the way first. I'm sorry, this is an editing nightmare. Let's oh, that's it. fine. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm probably pro- it's it's you know it's Christmas time. I'm is just it, gonna okay. let I'm just gonna let all this fly. It's okay. Let whole, it all fly. This is reality. What life <laughs> is like. Yeah. Um,
3: so uh, I want to I want to quickly bring up season three of the Dragon Prince on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You do. You gotta. Um, Uh, Not the least of which, because I'm in it, but uh, mostly because I think it's, like, it is exactly what I wanted to see out of a high fantasy animated series. It is so well thought out, meticulously thought out, and, like, they know what they're doing with all the characters and all the arcs, and it's just kind of awesome to watch. It's awesome to watch having been in the studio and, like, listened to things and then see it a year and a half later and see where they've gone with it. And see like how they brought it to life on screen. The animators are just magicians. Mm. I was lucky enough to go and screen the whole third season with the animators from Bardell, mm. and just watching them all glow and beam about seeing how well their work translated onto screen is just—it's it, like one of the most one of the more humbling aspects of this job. Because I, I get, get kind of wrapped around the the yoke of like okay auditioning, show up to a studio, record the thing, get out of there, and then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and you kind of have a luxury of forgetting that there's a whole army of people behind the thing that you get to voice that are working their butts off to make it look as good as we make it sound. Hey! <laughs> um, no, they they just did the most amazing work, and it is visually stunning. So anyways, Dragon Prince, Actually,
0: Cole, while we're on it, could you, could you talk a little
3: about uh, your work on the show, sure. Um, I play a very, a very incidental little character mm-hmm. named the Crowmaster, and they just—I don't know—I don't know how it happened. This is the story that I'll maintain. This is why I've come back in all the seasons for some reason because he is a really mean nothing character for the most part. But uh, the first time we went in, and this speaks to why this show is good, um, Jason Simpson and I are in a scene together. He plays Lord Viren, and like. We lay down this this scene as written, and then in between, we're just kind of riffing and goofing with one another, and the showrunner who's in there, he kind of puts back the, down the talk back, and he goes, like, just do that. Whatever you guys are doing, just do that. And then we just kept riffing, and literally every time I've come back, it has been like, okay, let's get the first take as written, and then we're just going to goof around with it, because, and, and it shows, like, there's an organic, there's an organic energy to the whole to the whole script and the every episode because they were really comfortable just giving us the reins and saying, go for it, you know, perform. And that is like a joy. Mm-hmm. That that that's all I've ever wanted is someone to give me a microphone and say, perform. Oh! Oh. <laughs> Be still my beating heart. Well said. Yeah. That's what I'm all for. Um so yeah, that was that was the Dragon Prince season three, now streaming on Netflix, very good. The What's second thing. The second thing. Um you know, on my way here, I was going to say I I really enjoyed watching the impeachment proceedings. <laughs> oh. Hey, it's not over yet. That was well that was well <laughs> produced media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I won't I won't say that because that's that's boring. Um, although everyone should watch Adam Schiff's closing statements from two weeks ago. It was mm. wild. Um, but uh, uh, I was gonna say uh, the Mandalorian. I know it's getting a lot of I know it's getting a lot of heat right now. It's not necessarily underrated by any stretch. But the Mandalorian. It's again one of those things where I sit back, and I'll get lost in it, and I'm sitting there thinking like, this is exactly what like eight year old Cole wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. Like it is a spaghetti western in space with like the most iconic armor, and like it's still got the the Star Wars cross fades and f- like fade outs, and it's just it's just kind of perfect. Uh, John Favreau, if you're listening thank you man you've like you've recalibrated a whole bunch of childhoods uh it's pretty fascinating um so the Mandalorian maybe Disney Plus in
0: general it's yeah, kinda, yeah it's what, what do you rad. think what do you think mm. of the service overall well I'm grateful to have yeah. friends who have it so I don't have to pay for it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> gonna cra- they're, gonna, hey. <laughs> they're gonna crack down on that soon well I'm sure yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just
3: gonna, uh, sorry you've reached your limit of going over to Ian and Caitlin's house you aren't can't- <laughs> you glad we're neighbors <laughs> oh, gosh, they live so and close how. together <laughs> um No, but – so the first time – I'll make this anecdote short. But the first time I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian, the episode ends and we're all kind of geeked up about it. And I was just like, hey, just uh, scroll through because I want to see what the catalog looks like. And it's like, oh, this is is all my childhood. It's all here. (laughs) Like it is – it's insane to look at that catalog and like it's just gobsmacking. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. I've 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 I've
0: heard a few of human nitpicks like things are list some shows are listed out of order. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're watching, but when you have an immense catalogue like that it's yeah. gonna happen.
1: We're watching Gravity Falls mm. and a couple of events, episodes are censored for some reason.
0: Uh, I heard about that, yeah. 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 I mean, buy the Blu-ray set, still the best way to experience oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and you can watch all the gargoyles on there, gargoyles <laughs> is in the correct order. So good. Yeah. And There's uh got a lot of heat. anything
2: with Keith David. Oh my
0: goodness. I think, <laughs> I
2: think
1: just the nice thing about it is just there's everything you watched as a kid, but now instead of transporting like 700 DVDs between apartments you live in, you just have it in a nice little box.
2: I feel personally for attacked. like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, that's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> it's just
1: nice and clean. No, no house clutter in your beautiful apartment that the dog runs into. <clears throat>
4: okay,
0: my <laughs> I, I will die for my physical media collection. I, I heard a rumor that if you can convince Disney to give you $9 a month, then you get access to Disney Minus. Ooh. And uh, that's where they keep Song of the South. <laughs> and, uh, and the Michael Jackson episode of The Simpsons. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: one day, one
0: day they'll give it back to us. It's in the vault.
3: I can't co-sign any of this. The the other vault. Yes, yeah, pretty much. this all has to be. Well, cut. They, we we were looking today. <laughs> we, we were flipping. Was it today or so we yesterday? We can't.
2: We
1: can't. We can't make our beautiful, wonderful Disney overlords. Man. No, no, no.
2: And this
0: all has to be. Cut. But we were. We were <laughs> the show isn't owned by Disney yet, so <laughs> no. don't worry. We, we were god. looking. Oh, was, was it yesterday? Oh my god! I'm never working. Again. And on, <laughs> oh. on.
2: On Peter. On Peter Pan, they've they've. Got a little uh, disclaimer on it, like uh, owning kind of oh. like it's like, oh, this may contain, uh, culture, contain. culturally <laughs> outdated yeah. references. Yeah, I took issue with so,
0: the So may. They, the they, may it, is, uh, they they put yeah. a disclaimer on it, but they didn't actually change the movie. I don't know. Okay, because I, I, th- I like that that's the way you should do it. I agree. The, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, You would think
2: they wouldn't change it. Own up to it, but own it. I, I heard like, they censored. Yeah.
0: I heard they censored yeah. Dumbo though. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. What part? Oh, I, yeah.
3: Never
0: mind. That part. Yeah, that
2: part. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, because I, I know I know some of the old uh, – a friend of mine had a, a DVD set of – I think it was the old Warner Brothers stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, j- shorts and stuff like that. And mm. there was a, a tag Crazy. on the top of that that said, you know, some of these are from a time where people were not as into being not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so um, – yeah, but I, I think as long as they're they're owning up to it, that's fine. It's just what Steered I don't want to happen is them to pretend they never did those
0: exactly. Things. Yeah, no, you got to You got they got to keep that stuff out there yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, don't pretend it never happened. Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay, third thing. Yes, third um, thing. This Cole, one finish off. All right, this one is uh, this one is very Vancouver specific. Um, I just wanted nice. to shout out to the uh, like the the short film scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've had the distinct pleasure of getting to know a bunch of people who make short films, and um, they're just inspired and, like, like thoughtful and careful about what they make. And, um, I mean, I, I wish I could shout out ones in particular, but, like, uh, Tokyo Lovers. Oh, uh, Tokyo Lovers? Yeah. Uh, it's great. Gemini, uh, Shuttlecock, Rona Rut- oh, yeah. yeah. Reese, what's mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, all those, like... It it is just an incredibly innovative and interesting scene of people who are just really passionate about getting stuff made. And Vancouver can be a tricky city in in, in a lot of respects, especially with making short films and going through uh, union stuff and making sure you do it all right. Um, But these people, these short film gurus, are so good at it. And they just want to get things made. And it's downright inspiring. It is super-duper cool. So, um, like, Crazy Eights, Run and Gun, Blood and Guts, uh, all those kind of short film festivals. Um, they're just – they're an, an a bottomless well of inspiration. And um, so, yeah. I don't know. That's my third one. Yeah.
0: I, know, I know there's a number of film festivals where you can catch this stuff Yeah, totally. in Vancouver. But, uh, I mean, some of your favorites, are there – like VOD or, or any kind of streaming options to catch some of them yeah. outside of the theater? Yeah.
3: I'm almost positive you can uh, – I'm almost positive you can catch – you can find most of them online. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Tokyo Lovers just released this week, mm-hmm. and uh, it was produced by – written and directed by my friends Natch and Mayumi and, like, uh, Jerome Hughes in it and Phil Planta. Lord love them. I mean, there's just – anyway, so that's online. I think Gemini – Gemini might not be online because I know she's trying to shop it around festivals. Shuttlecock is definitely online somewhere. Oh my gosh. I mean, honestly, just find Rona Reese on Twitter and ask her to see Shuttlecock and she will she'll send you a she'll send you an entire care package with it, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Um anyhow, uh Va- yeah, Vancouver short film festival scene. I know you can get like all the uh, Crazy Eights uh, shorts in a DVD.
4: Yeah.
3: Um I don't know whether or not you can download it or something, but that seems like something you might be able to do. I don't know. Anyways. I think if you go on their website,
4: they they have something. They might. They must. must. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to Brian. He knows what he's talking
0: about. Well, let's move on to Brian. He really doesn't. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to Brian's opinions for this year of 2019. Well, I wanted to talk about Crazy Eights, but you (laughs) beat me to the punch, so (laughs) I have to find something else. We got overlap. Which (laughs) is totally fine, but
4: that's one (laughs) of the things that I always enjoy doing every year. It's one of the things that I really look forward to going to every year, the Crazy Eights film gala. Um, the after party at Science World is amazing. Um, oh, never yeah, it's. So we month. should go this next year. I'm in. We should go. Let's go. No. Oh, um, I you were super sick when I went that
1: one time.
4: Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah. That was when we saw Shuttlecock. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That time. Do you yeah. I can't believe
1: we made that in eight days.
4: Well, and yeah, Caitlin right? and I did background on oh, it. Oh my gosh, Caitlin We did. We, did. we were. I'm we, in were, that movie. we were like we dressed up as these very very big. Um, Badminton birdies. Mm-hmm.
1: What what'd they call us? The cockheads? We, we were the cockheads. Heads, please. We were, we were, we just were just the cockheads.
4: Yeah. yeah, it was it was, it was beautiful. These are all and, perfectly um... cromulent terms. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 right, are we not allowed to swear? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: oh, yeah, say whatever you want. No.
3: Fudge. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> a mother duck. <laughs> yeah. Man. If I find out we're allowed to swear
4: now, after I've gone, I'm going to be, oh, man, no, it's no, furious. Let's just, let's just <laughs> keep going. Furious uh blah, blah, blah. yeah so I, I really enjoyed the crazy eights um there was one film that I really really liked in particular uh, parabola Lee shorten directed that yeah. mm-hmm. um, that was beautiful Mayumi sorry Miami Yoshida and uh, hiro Kanagawa um were both in that and they were great um and he, and he he wrote that and Lee wrote and directed that and it was just amazing um I also um I also teach I coach uh kids um out of two places at rogue studios and on the mic uh, acting and one of my students or um people that i coach um she auditioned for a crazy eights film and basically what ended up happening was she booked one of the leads um and it sucks because i can't remember the name um but she, but seeing her on film was was really really cool yeah. um just to see like how far she's come and what, what she's been able to accomplish and and i don't take any credit it's just being able to Think see some. someone that i know Think so. i don't Today. Take a, take a portion.
3: Please, please don't make me.
4: Um, but uh, so, so and and to and to yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. You're so nice. Yeah, so nice. So nice you. You. Very, very nice. <laughs> um, but and also and so my second one as well. You know, I think I might just talk about independent film for all three of these. Go um, for it. Because the second one that really stands out to me is also another dear dear friend of mine by the name of Lisa Oviés who also owns Rogue Studios which is a studio that I teach out of um, but she um, directed produced it, she wrote it or she it was her idea I'm going to be totally off base here but I know that she had a huge hand in creating the project she also acted in, in it um, it was uh, a movie called Puppet Killer mm. oh dang it you and to see that I so saw the Vancouver screening back in October and it was fantastic, and they're winning awards all over, um, all over the world. Actually, they're they're touring now the film festival circuit. Um, Lisa's been super busy, just going to all of these different places, and and it's been, it's been, it's been really, really huge. And Vancouver um, Horror Show. Yeah, she was at the Vancouver Horror Show. Yeah, that's Megan Hemingway. Shout out. Yeah, um, and it was just it was amazing, and it's basically this. Um, it's basically um, puppet killer. The the, the the title of the film speaks for itself. I don't really want to spoil it. But is there um, a puppet? Oh yeah. Oh. Is there... Voiced by Lee Majduk. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh that's yes. cool. It's awesome. He he kills it. Yeah. It's great. He's awesome. Literally. Yeah. He really does. Um, and he's in it too. He's he's in it on camera oh, as well. I love that guy. Um, nice. So it's it's really cool. Um, to be seen in the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, mm. Sonic yes. the Hedgehog. And I really hope everyone goes to see that, too, hey? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. of with everything that happened with that. Um, Sonic's back and out of the uncanny valley. Yes. Fewer teeth, teeth, teeth. Oh, man. And um, Jim Carrey's here. Yeah. I just really wish we could film Cole Howard right now. I just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we would put a Can on. you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, we're, a we're all wearing I pajamas, guys. guys. That's like what we're the doing. Yeah. We're going to need My well, parole no, officer <laughs> can't know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll take time to social the media
2: after. He's <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll time-coded. Yeah. Yeah. We'll
3: time I'm not supposed yeah. to be. Time
2: coded. Uh, Where are
3: what,
4: the bees? Oh, I have one more. Where are the bees? Uh, uh, I, I can't count. Uh, I saw a another independent film at the Vancouver International Film Festival that was not done in Vancouver, um, but it was called And Then We Danced. Ooh. Which is one that I think I may have. You mentioned, mentioned that to me, yes, yeah, yeah. And it's it's basically about um the oh, I'm gonna probably butcher this. Um but the country of Georgia. Yeah. And um j- traditional Georgian dance and how for the past fifty or so years um Georgian male Georgian dance has really evolved from being incredibly soft to <coughs> <coughs> rabbitessen. <laughs> Wait, I don't think I can say Robotest and that's product placement, isn't it? Not oh, well. sponsored. Not sponsored. Cough. You'll um, never know. Cough medicine. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, what was I talking about? Georgian oh, yeah. Dance. Georgian dance. So, um, which I don't know much about, but uh, it used to be very, you know, but then the Georgian dance progressed from being male Georgian dance progressed to being very, from very, very soft to um, very, very. Um, masculine and strong and hyper masculine very rigid um, and there's this one kid he's like 16 17 and he's basically being told this whole time that he's too soft um, and it's basically this really really beautiful um, gay coming-of-age mm. film um, which blew all of us in the audience away it was it was it was packed um, um, the the theater was sold out that night or that day and and um, yeah, I don't really want to go into it too much. I don't know how you can, um, how you can uh, 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 find it. Um, I don't know what the plan is with that, but I recommend if you can find it, um, there are definitely trailers and clips on YouTube um, that you can check out. Mm-hmm. That I just that movie for me this year just blew me away. Um, I mean, Avengers Endgame did as well, but. But to, yeah. for something a little bit less mainstream, different budgets, um, yeah, yeah,
0: totally different budgets. And, Raise and your and he, hand if you cried. He, yeah, he knocked it out of the park, yeah. knocked it out of the park. So, yeah, great. Awesome. Well, we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll try to gather the the names for all this stuff and maybe put some links and uh, and more information uh, when I post the episode. Yeah. So yeah, thanks guys. Sweet. So um, I'll get into my three. Please, picks. Yeah. Uh, please do. Yeah, I want to hear. Yeah. So one of them actually was the trailer for the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Ah, and the reason I chose that was because, look, we we live in a world that is bitterly divided right now. It is so <laughs> rare that we find anything that we can find consensus on. Like, people will, you know, we, we, we will tear each other apart over small misgivings. Will You know, there's no monoculture anymore. Everyone's just fragmented in their niche interests. And it's so rare that something... Would come along that would unite people in a single opinion, <laughs> uh, regardless of background or politics or media savviness or cultural sensibility. And I think that happened earlier this year when they released yeah. the the, tra- the that first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. Like they had been teasing that thing for so long, I was amazed that the reaction yeah. <laughs> to mm-hmm. it blew up to the point that it did. That was kind of amazing. Um, I'm not gonna go with that as my real pick. That was just something I I wanted to <laughs> put honorable out mention. There. Honorable mention. Yes, good. Obviously,
2: your real pick is the Cats trailer. Yeah, no.
0: Kidding. <laughs> I was wondering oh, if you were gonna bring that up. Oh, you know what? That's, that is that's awesome. a good point. We've actually seen a few. Um, it was the year of the, like weird, yeah. uncanny valley yeah. trailer. Yeah, yeah the yeah. year
2: of the whack trailer. It,
3: yeah. yeah, we've oh, gone
0: into interesting that, directions yeah. with what we're trying to do yeah. with CGI. For
2: a minute details. there, everything looked like Superman's upper lip, and it was yeah. really creepy. It still does. I'm
3: so excited <laughs> yeah. to see the finished version of that madness. Oh, I want to see cats so oh bad. Oh my it's god! I'm more excited for that than I am Star Wars. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> at, oh, me. Don't oh, at me. Oh, man. Don't at me. It's going to be
1: amazing. I'm really excited <laughs> for these so weird good. dancing human cats. Yeah.
3: Memory.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, okay, so my, my first pick uh, is another Netflix original animated series uh, that we saw launch and end this year uh, called Tuca and Birdie. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rip. yeah. So, as like we were saying before, Netflix has definitely opened the door for adult animation to do things that weren't seen as, like, uh, business-friendly before. Mm-hmm. They, they They've definitely... Broadened what you can economically do in adult animation that the broad, the traditional broadcast model uh, definitely doesn't um, doesn't allow, and and allowing you know more adult targeted action animation is one of those things. But with Tuca and Birdie, we saw a show that it, just in terms of what you can do with an adult comedy took an approach to it that I don't think could have happened, or at least not originated. In more of a traditional broadcast sense, you have mm. this animated show that's you know it's about two women who they're birds and they are roommates and then they you know one of them moves out and it's following their friendship as they sort of work through uh, the very different directions that each of their lives are going in uh, are going in and you you have this show it is unapologetically focused focused on female characters focused around people of color. All the characters are anthropomorphized, different types of animals, mostly birds. Uh, this is, of course, uh, not a spin-off of BoJack Horseman, but from some of the same creative team that that worked on that show. Um, Everything—they're all anthropomorphized, um, but you know, they have the focus on on female characters and and and, and characters of color and. It challenges that kind of default assumption that we always have that an anthropomorphized character is white male. Mm. And it does that very organically. It never feels tacked on. It it just feels you know, just natural in the way they handle it and, and almost kind of effortless. It's so bizarre uh and and out there in in, in ways that again don't feel forced. It, it it feels natural. Um it it's really funny, it touches on, you know, some some harsh subjects in a way that never Never deviates from uh, its grounding as a comedy. Uh, it has some really, really memorable jokes. Um, like there's a, this great parody of stores like, uh, like Claire's and mm-hmm. their popularity in the 90s that I, I love so much. Um, there's one fantastic gag involving a character that you don't see for the majority of the series and was actually there the whole time. And they go back and revisit certain scenes that were painfully awkward the first time you saw them. And there's a whole other dimension of humor when you see the character appear in that scene when they go back to them later it's it's all excellently constructed
3: you know i'm really glad you brought that up Mm -hmm. and i think uh, i've been kind of going on over this point uh for the last little while um it with respect to where the animation world is at especially with with the netflix stuff we've been talking about and everything and i think there's something of a pushback where it's like it's like, why is everybody watching cartoons all of a sudden? Oh, these grown ups, they're watching cartoons, they should be watching the news. But it's like like the thing is, is that these cartoons are like slice of life stuff or they could be actiony stuff, but there's never been a better time or a time where I think that cartoons have been more valuable and more important because it does sort of give you the license to see yourself in something. Mm-hmm. even if that character doesn't look like you or isn't necessarily representative of you um, but you have the opportunity because it is in that style you can inject yourself into it and you can feel seen and you can feel represented um, wh- like you can't do if you're watching you know a sitcom on CBS or something Yeah,
0: and animation doesn't always like exploit that to the full ex- fullest extent yeah. it does it does take like ingenuity and and vision to take a step back and think how can we use animation medium or anthropomorphization, anthropomorphization things like that to convey these ideas in a way that that can you can do more you can reach more people you can you can have uh, you can tell different stories you can have more people relate to you yeah. um, and you know Tuca and Birdie is a show that does that in a way that. Like, when you, when you watch it, it, it's doing things that you don't typically see in other shows. But it feels like, oh, I can't believe no other show has tried doing this before. Mm. But they just, they had the opportunity to do that. And in a way, Tuca and Birdie represents the best and worst things about Netflix. Because, again, they had the opportunity to do that. Also, it was canceled uh, within three months. I think it launched in, uh, like, March and then by June. Yeah. They had confirmed the show was canceled after just... 10 episodes now there's a lot of discussion that arose from that criticizing netflix and like their algorithm system and then people weren't able to find the show it wasn't being wasn't showing up on people's lists or or being recommended to them through the system um i I don't know about that i mean i i didn't have any trouble finding the show nor did most people i know but there's also speculation that the real reason it was canceled uh in such a short time was because uh the animators who were working on it had unionized, which was also the case with BoJack Horseman, which mm. also ended. Granted, that show had a proper—it's getting a proper ending in its sixth season. Well, but
2: and a big talk about
0: labor
3: yeah.
2: stuff <laughs> Well, but and, and, and at that point too, I think you know the, the thing that BoJack had working in its corner was that it it was too big to just go away, whereas Tuca and Birdie was still building. Exactly. Yeah, and and so it was it was you know, for lack of a better word, um, still. Um, Weak enough to just be quietly swept away, yeah. Um, in a way that you couldn't just do with BoJack without getting this big pushback, and there was online pushback about Birdie. Oh, absolutely, canceled, like a lot. It was people really, I, the people who found it really, really liked it, and it really resonated. Yeah.
0: It, it was not a like the show was not a it was not a small thing. No, no, like, people were all sorts. of People were talking about yeah. it,
2: and it, and I mean uh, to your point about you know uh, some people saying they had trouble finding it. Uh, as you said, uh, for me, it was right on the top mm-hmm. of my, yeah. and maybe it's because. I'm a cartoon person, and I I watch that stuff. Maybe that's why it yeah. was in my recommended stuff. But um, from what I understand, also I I don't know, but I, I'm led to believe that um, Netflix can be fairly ruthless with their upfront viewership, and it's like nobody's watching this in the first, you know, seventy two hours. I guess it's a yeah. it's not worth.
0: Yeah, what it. What is this Fox in the nineties? Well, <laughs> I don't right, but I
2: mean yeah. you know they they don't. They're, they're very private about sharing their uh, viewer numbers yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Well, so,
0: that's the problem, yeah. is that they, they keep all that information secret mm-hmm. so they could present just about any justification sure. for canceling yeah, yeah. a show that you they, can imagine. They can say no and, one watched it, Yeah, but who knows? But we I think we don't know, yeah. But I
1: think it also plays into something that's been a big problem in the industry, I think, for the last five years, which is nobody's willing to take a chance on new IPs.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, unless mm. there's an
1: already a built-in market – which is the big thing right now is everything needs to have some sort of built-in market already. No one or, wants to take the chance on new IPs unless there's like already a YouTube yeah. channel or already a, a phone game tie-in. Nobody wants to take a chance on anything without yeah. a built-in market What's anymore. What's
2: the secondary wave of monetization <laughs> yeah, we, of this thing? It's like, okay, the show's there, people like it, but how do we make money on it beyond
1: Now, the, it seems like it's so hard to get an IP now unless it's like, oh, well that's an extremely popular phone game that has like 80 million viewer or 80 million players, so we can totally make a TV show out of that. Yeah. Because no one wants to take a chance on just new things anymore. They want that built-in market. They're like, okay, we know what's going to work because yeah. mm-hmm. it already has a built-in fan base.
2: Well, and I think there's still that element of, you know, the, the powers that be, so to speak, associating, coming back around to our earlier conversation, associating cartoons with toy sales. Yeah. And so adult, a, yeah. a, adult animation, it's kind of like, some people I'm sure look at it and they go, "How are we going to sell toys to adults? Why are we making cartoons for grown ups they're not going to buy toys of this like they're not going to buy merchandise uh for this animated stuff when in reality, what we've seen over the last i don't know thirty years is that you know who does buy merchandise of all of these things is grown ups because those are the people with money those are the people with disposable income yeah. to 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 invest and buy in the things that they enjoy so you know, Funko's done very well, and it's not because adults <laughs> they, don't
0: buy stuff. They, thi- they figured that out in the 80s in Japan. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Especially with action animation, it's mm-hmm. always been associated just as a way to sell toys. Like, sure. that's the business model. If there's no toys, there's no point in making an action show. Yeah. Sell the robot. Yeah. And again, Netflix. Of course,
3: Spider Man has a van. <laughs> yeah. on, one,
0: on one hand, Netflix has been able to break away with that, yeah. from that, uh, yeah. with with their business model. But then on the other hand, you have something like Tuca and Birdie, something that. A show that can't have cost that much mm. to create, and you know, could potentially have grown into something really big. But you know, th- after three months, swept under the rug. Why? Eh, we don't. We don't know. And I think we're right to be. I think we're right to be suspicious. And frankly, I'm kind of surprised that no one else has picked it up either. I was googling it earlier because mm. uh, uh, Lisa Hanna Walt, the, the show's creator, she's she seemed pretty confident that you know it w- the show would be able to find another home and and continue because it's not. It's not completely owned by Netflix. They they can potentially have it picked up by someone else. I thought, um, I thought for sure Adult Swim was yeah. going to get it. I'm kind of surprised that they they didn't go for it. Especially Sometimes
1: since those legal tie ups can be yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. Disney Plus is like, yeah, we're not getting Sorcerer's Apprentice till next year because legal tie ups are. <laughs> well, oh, we I'm can't not put... getting.
0: I'm not sure until... if I buy that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, but then again, Adult Swim also has a, a you know a big problem with with female creators too. So uh, there's also mm. that aspect of it, which is also a what why it was so great that Tuca and Birdie got off the ground and why it sucks so much that it got canceled cuz uh you know show by a female creator getting 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 sidelined always always unfortunate yeah so my next pick is an anime <gasps> oh yeah anime we do talk about that on the show occasionally <laughs> um it's called Oh, Maidens in Your Savage Season uh, i don't know if any of you saw or heard of that one uh, if you haven't it's probably because it's on high dive which is the uh, the anime streaming service no one has.
2: I was thinking through my Crunchyroll. I was like, I haven't seen it, I don't
0: think. Yeah, no, you have not seen that on Crunchyroll. It's funny. High Dive and, and Crunchyroll have a little bit of a partnership right now because they, they're both on Verve in the States, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they share some content. Verve? Yeah, Verve's the...
1: What is this, the Canadian asks. What is Verve? What the hell is a Hulu? Verve Verve is
0: none of our business, apparently. (laughs) Um, HBO?
1: I'm so confused by these American words. HBO Max, Verve?
0: Some sort of home
2: box office?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sit right with me at all. You know, High Dive is owned by Sentai. They usually share their content with Crunchyroll. This is an exception, I guess, because this is probably their best exclusive title they've gotten, and they want to get people to subscribe to High Dive for it. Uh, and High Dive's not a bad service, but I mean, you know, who who wants three anime streaming services? Like, not not a lot of people are going are going to go for that. But Omens oh, in Your Savage Season it is uh, based on an, on a manga by Mario Kata. Mario Kata is the screenwriter. Uh, behind Anohana, she also did Kiznaiver, Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans, um, the, woman, call- for- on the third, okay. woman called Lupin the Third, woman called Uh and she also directed Makia, which was a movie that came out uh, last year. Um, and you know, she she served as screenwriter on the anime adapting her manga as well, which is not something you see every day. And also, you know, establishes a lot of creative control she was able to have over this and how. Manga translated to an anime, and I think that contributed a lot to why it turned out as well as it did. So, "O Maidens in Your Savage" season—it's about five uh, teenage girls who are all in a high school literature club, and they basically use it as an excuse to read porn uh, to each other. The the club at the beginning of the series is unsupervised; that changes later when they blackmail a teacher into uh, into supervising the club for them. That's that's a whole thing through through the experiences in these clubs, they find that their their fascination and fear of sex just starts leaking into their everyday lives in ways that keep becoming increasingly uncontrollable. So there there's five girls. They, you know, one is just sort of the uh the one who has a she has a crush on her childhood friend, one is questioning being a lesbian, one is a kind of a stick in the mud kind of um kind of prude who sort of uh grows and changes and learns how to have a healthy relationship with, with with a boy later on. And then you have the crazy kind of weird introverted girl who writes her own porn in her spare time, which leads her to two interesting places. And uh, then there's the sort of quiet, uh, beautiful girl that everyone seems to to be obsessed with but has kind of a, a traumatizing past. And we, we just see their connections to this club bring them in all these very, very interesting uh, directions in their own lives. And... The range that you see in these five girls, I think, covers – you may not be able to directly relate to their experiences as awkward teens or uh, or as high schoolers, but it's probably enough just to – Remind you how terrible being in high school and being a teenager is uh, if you're one of those obnoxious people who like being high school or who like being in high school, I hope it's enough to uh convince you that it actually is terrible um, and yeah you they all have different outlooks and experiences uh and despite how it can be very melodramatic, very uncomfortable they some of these plot lines that these characters go through and, and intersect with um they go in ways that are absolutely going to make you squirm. You know that's that's really what the show excels at is uh, is, na- is kind of navigating those things in a way that's uncomfortable but palatable. Um, yeah, there's one example where you know what what wh- one of the girls has a very awkward relationship with a man who is a pedophile, and it even goes into his own kind of mentality and justification for it. Good <laughs> but but it handles it in a way that. You know is, is easy to stomach and makes it clear that like this is bad, but we're still getting the perspectives on these characters and you know how 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 it's affected them and how it affects their relationships with others and how it's uh, setting off in good and bad directions it, it could all fall apart or become like like a like really negative in a, in, in a very easily if it was handled poorly or even if it was adapted poorly from the manga, but it uh it, it's all handled expertly. And in some ways better than the manga, I think they actually find ways to make some of, the, some of the material more palatable without actually compromising or losing anything. It's beautifully animated, has this great watercolor kind of look to it. Really great show, which I think, again, I think a lot of people probably haven't seen it because it's not on a streaming service that uh, a lot of people use. And when you're on the wrong streaming service, a lot of the time these days you're just kind of left out of the, the ongoing conversation entirely yeah. but um, I wanted to say Carol and Tuesday as my, my anime pick for the so year cute. it is very good it's on Netflix so everyone can watch it but the problem is that Netflix releases shows in chunks rather than actually showing them week to week as they air in Japan uh. Carol and Tuesday uh, was 26 episodes and there's one 13 minute 13 episode chunk on Netflix right now um, we're still waiting for the second one I think we're getting it on like Boxing Day or something. Um, so I haven't. So of course, because of that, I haven't seen the whole thing. So I, I, I decided to go with O oh, Maidens in Your Savage Season um, yeah. because of that instead. Um, so if you haven't watched that show, I definitely check. Uh, advise checking it out. If you don't want High Dive, and you know, I don't blame you if you don't want High Dive. It's fine, but you can get like a two week free trial. It's thirteen episodes, enough time to go through that. And I know that the the manga it it also ended. It, it does adapt the whole. The whole manga with no no filler or anything it does the whole bang 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 goes through everything um perfectly paced uh the manga i think the last volume does have like a little extra side epilogue at the end which wasn't animated so i wouldn't be surprised if uh they do a little animated epilogue in like the last blu-ray and then you have to buy the blu-ray to see the the last little bit um which you know it happens sometimes it's anime of course uh, but uh, yeah, for the most part, you get that that whole complete story there in in just the the thirteen episodes. So, um, highly recommend "O Maidens in Your Savage Season" if you if you haven't seen that one yet. And uh, my last pick because I'm not just going to use the Sonic trailer. That's uh, <laughs> that's, that's unfair. I think um, "Alita: Battle Angel," uh, oh, which yeah. is uh, oh, did, did you guys see "Alita: Battle Angel"? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I think that this defies the standard designation of what is a good or a bad movie. I think that these days we've honed in on Rotten Tomatoes as a gauge. We may unintentionally use that as the template for judging whether a movie is good or whether a movie is bad. Mm. In reality, that's not how Rotten Tomatoes works. It's just a calculation of how unlikely it is that you're going to hate a movie mm. based on whether a re- whether certain reviews are good or bad. Um, and, you know, Marvel movies have kind of broken that whole system, I would argue. And I think uh, Alita Battle Angel ranks really low on Rotten Tomatoes but I think in many ways it is a movie that kind of defies that system or challenges that system. Uh, Of course it's a movie that James Cameron has been trying to make for almost 20 years and uh, he didn't wind up directing it. It was Robert Rodriguez who directed the final film Um, and this movie was extremely expensive uh, because it fully recreates the experience of a 90's anime OVA and almost expertly picks out exactly what makes that kind of show enjoyable and turns it into a big-budget film. And I was not expecting this film to replicate that uh, as well as it did, but they pulled it off. They finally they made anime real it had in a those, movie. <laughs>
2: those moment, there's the bit where, not to get spoilery, but a character just suddenly pulls out their weapon and it happens to be a giant rocket-propelled hammer. And I was like, Oh, it's it's like this is anime, like this yeah. is a lot. Where he's like, I'm going to fight with this, and you're like, this is an absurd looking implement, but it it's you're like, okay, no, that, and it all fits. And I mean, it, it has, I would say, some of, if not the best CGI I've ever seen in a movie. She like, looks great. She oh yeah, looks she looks
1: great,
2: unbelievable, and every single shot of her. Is a special effect. Every single shot of many characters is a special effect. Yeah,
0: like I think I think we all weren't sure how to react when we saw the early footage of Rosa Salazar as as Alita, hmm. with with the way they do her eyes and everything, which was oh, it was a weird decision. But when you see the movie, you see it. Actually, it actually does work. It grows on you. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I mean, I, I we talked about that movie a lot actually mm. after we saw it because we were kind of torn on like, well, how do there's I feel so about much to it? talk about. Like, what is and it, like clearly it was. I think one of the things working against it was how expensive it was to make.
0: Yeah. Because it
2: needed to make so much back in order to. And it, because it is kind of like the beginning of a bigger piece. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it kind of has that uphill battle to fight of like, okay, it's got a lot to set up, but it also needs to be its own thing and all the. Um, the stuff in it that, that works really well is spectacular. Like, the again, the CGI is great, a lot of the character stuff is really good. Um, she's terrific. Yeah.
0: Um, I specifically love when James Earl Haley's character is introduced. He has mm-hmm. like the gigantic, sh- like he has the gigantic shoulders and tiny head. Yeah, yeah. And it's so great cause he's wearing like a giant trench coat over it, which actually is more conspicuous oh, yes. <laughs> than if yeah. he wa- if he just walked around with yeah. his cyborg body. And I thought like, it, yes, it, that's perfect. I was, love it.
2: It was like <laughs> when the Ninja Turtles would put on rub- the same rubber mask yeah, and walk yeah. around as four dudes in trench coats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that the, I think, for me, the only thing about that movie that, like, I was like, okay, well, it, it was quite long, um, but uh, the um, the sport, I was like, I wanted more of the sport yeah. or less of the sport. But I think just yeah. the amount of it that was in there was just lopsided for me. They,
0: they, that, that was something from later in the manga that they, it, that they kind yeah. of retrofitted in. It felt like it. So, there, yeah. so, I mean, we're lucky that we got any of it Absolutely. in that yeah. sense, yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, we're probably not going to get an Alita sequel. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a movie that was 20 years in the making, and unfortunately, it it did well in China, Mm -hmm. but uh, it didn't do well uh, in the North American domestic box office. When did uh, it come out? What what time of year? It it came out in February. Yeah, I was going to say. That's the dumping ground um, year for sure. Uh, Actually, I think... More January now is a dumping ground. I think we're starting We're starting to see actual good stuff starting yeah. to come in February. When Did
2: Live By Night came out. That's where they put the stuff that they don't believe in.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Alita, it's – unfortunately the movie is just so – it was so expensive to make that film. Um, and there's just – there's so much more of the manga to tell. They could do two – easily do two more movies if not more. But uh, it just – it just doesn't – even if it – Made a profit. It just doesn't cross that threshold where it makes sense to make another one. Also, uh, Alita: Battle Angel was the final film put out by 20th Century Fox before oh. they were consumed by Disney. Right. Um, yeah. So, if it does come out in the future, it will be a Disney film. It's on. Uh, it's on um, Disney Plus. It is. I wondered why it was on
2: there. Yeah. That's oh. a- okay.
0: That's why it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can if oh. you subscribe to Disney Plus, uh, you can watch Alita right now.
2: It did make me want to track down the original books yeah and read it because I really liked all the stuff about the 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 fighting style like the panzer and it's like this fighting style design specifically for like robot there's body it of, was cool like there's lore in it that's just great there's a
1: lot of thought put into intricate details that I think really make certain parts of that movie work a lot which yeah. like the, the the robot the Panzer robot fighting is so interesting because it's actually just Here is a fighting style designed for a body that is so much stronger and so much, like, able to move differently than a human body, and that's really fascinating. And that
2: you can break, and it's okay if it breaks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was interesting.
1: And, like, the fact that, like, it's okay if you break, so, like, sometimes it's good to use that. that, All that kind of, like, all the stuff about her past and history I thought was very fascinating. Mm -hmm. And um, I love the action sequence in it. are really fun. I remember watching a couple of the fight sequences near the beginning. I'm like, yeah, these are fun fight scenes. I like these. I thought it was long. um, And also felt weird about the sports stuff. But I love, I really liked how she looked. I really liked how she looked. When she was first in her porcelain body that was all like decked out and then they put her in like
0: the robot fighting
1: suit. (laughs) I thought the entire movie, I'm like, she looks great and I like her and I could watch more of her. There are other things I would take and leave, but yeah. I quite liked her.
0: And
2: in that uncanny valley vein again, about like the the Sonic stuff, mm-hmm. and you were mentioning, you know, the the stylistic choice of giving her the big eyes. It very quickly became not weird, yeah, to me watching it. Yeah. Like she and she's interacting with lots of other human characters who don't have the big huge eyes, and pretty quickly, just because of the time and effort and money that went into designing and doing all of the the you know digital work. You just stop noticing. It just stops being weird. She she stands out, but she also fits in. It was really really well done. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, we'll if they if they made more of those films, we'd get to see Jennifer Connelly as a brain in a suitcase. Uh, Um, But we're never going to see that now, in all likelihood. Um, And then she could have got her second Academy Award. Yeah. Yeah. If or, you, or I guess yeah. the Disney
2: Plus live action series. Come on, do it, do it, do it. Find if you it.
0: uh, <laughs> if you want to see, if you want to read the rest of the manga, you could, there's like a whole the whole hard hardback collection. You can find, I, I think most like most bookstores have it. the whole The whole thing's on digital ebooks as well. You can get the Sweet. whole series, so. Uh, that's much cheaper <laughs> to get it as yeah, a, a it digital trouble. digital series. So yeah, that uh, that's everything I've got. I had an idea. Yeah, as a, as a
2: quick thing. Sure. Uh, could we maybe each very quickly just say one thing we're looking forward to next year media wise? Just like to.
0: Oh yeah. Is that, or is that another thing? No, no, go for it. I, I actually, I think we we usually do that in the episode, and I completely forgot. So thank you, uh, Ian, know. for reminding me. Uh. I'll... uh yeah, you, go, start. Yeah, you start. start. You yeah, start. start. Yeah, I, need <laughs> think, I need to think of
2: something. Uh, so. so something. I think it's coming out next year. But even if it's the subsequent year, I'm really excited for the animated film adaptation of Junji Ito's Uzumaki.
0: Oh, it's a it's a TV series. Uh, oh, it's a TV series, uh, mini series. series excuse excuse yeah, me. Excuse yeah. me. I'm yeah.
2: very excited for that because that is so weird. Everything he makes is very bizarre and upsetting in a really cool way. Yeah, uh, Go is awesome. Um, and also like horrifying and all of these things. But I love the... From what I've seen, which is very little of it so far, just that kind of eerie trailer they put out, it looks like um, almost a motion comic. They've really kept the designs there. Um, the music is really eerie sounding. And um, that's something that I'm really looking forward to seeing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Junji Ito is uh, someone whose work has not traditionally well when being adapted into anything yeah. but a comic. Yeah. Uh, I am pretty hopeful for this particular adaptation, though, because it's being directed by Hiroshi Nagahama, who is one of the best visionary directors when it comes to adapting manga. He directed Mushishi. He directed Flowers oh. of Evil, which mm-hmm. is that freaky rotoscoped anime from a few years ago, uh, which was... Traumatizing to watch <laughs> in many ways. Uh, I know a lot of people hated it, but it's, I, th- I thought it was great. Um, he he's a, man, done many great adaptations. He uh, he has never disappointed us with an adaptation yet. Mm-hmm. He always does something different and innovative. If anyone can figure out how to make Jujutsu's work thing. work in animation, it is that guy. So I am really looking forward to that yeah. myself. Yeah, that's uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping we get it on Adult Swim in Canada because. Adult, adult Swim Canada has, uh, they they have all Adult Swim originals, mm-hmm. but this is an adult, adult Swim co-production, so it's unclear if this counts as yeah. something that they're going to run, and they usually don't show the anime. I'm sure we'll have it on a streaming service. At some point, but, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I got one. I am looking forward to twer- Trolls World Tour. Don't at me. I love it. <laughs> trolls, that, that Trolls movie mm. is my guilty pleasure. It is my exact perfect favorite kind of trash. Because it's not a great movie. Don't give me, It's not a great movie, but I love it. I love it so much. And I'm so excited for the next one. It's going to be amazing. I don't care what anyone says. Don't at me. That is
4: absolutely <laughs> and utterly beautiful. I
1: love it. It's so funny. Oh, my, the first movie has... My sister and I went to see it. And I made her see it with me. Um, and there is a joke. And I can't spoil it because I'm going to force Ian to watch them later. Um... There's a joke. It's not a joke. There's a line that is delivered in the first movie that I think is meant to be a serious line. But I laughed so hard. I was in this almost empty theater with a couple of parents and their kids and a couple of people. And I was laughing my butt off. It was so funny. And I'm like, this is the best movie. This is the best movie that's ever been made. I love it. I don't care what anyone says. (laughs) It's so great. Wow. world. Troll tour.
3: I don't know how you follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, okay. Uh, two things very quickly. I, I, I'd i be remiss not to shout out as a thing from last year, which I actually should have brought up. Uh, Parasite. Best movie of the year last year. Uh, phenomenal. Parasite is very good. Yeah. I jaw-droppingly saw, yeah. good. Um that director. Yes. But, okay. Mm-hmm. Thing I'm looking forward to next year, or it's not next year, but it's coming up very shortly is the witcher series on Netflix. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Witcher 3 is far and away my <laughs> favorite video game. Yeah, yeah <laughs> far and away my favorite video game I've ever played. I've played it so many times. I played it I finished I finished Witcher 3 and I immediately started it again on the hardest difficulty in its original Polish. Ooh. Because I love the game so much and it was also very fun to listen to in Polish because it sounds like a very fantastical language. It's great.
2: Is he still like
3: uh, you know, Kurwa, kurwa. <laughs> There we go. That's how you swear on a podcast in Polish. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I've I've abstained from trailer watching. I saw the first teaser, and I said to myself, "I said, self, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> you are gonna, you are just gonna wait. And when it comes out, you're gonna watch it. And it, I'm extremely excited because I haven't seen anything, um, anything more than the original teaser, and I'm just ready to be. Surprised or disappointed or whatever, but it, it, it's a tricky thing to do in today's culture. Is like to not see trailers or to not see things that are going to spoil shit. Like I've worked so hard to not watch any Star Wars stuff, Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. and it is yeah.
2: so hard yeah. to do. We were at Terminator <sighs> the other day, and the trailer came on, and I stuck my fingers Me in my too. ears and went. Na, 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 na. Yeah, I know.
3: Like yeah. two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing because they're all super duper long. They're like mm-hmm. short films, and you're like, yeah, okay. And a lot Me of them spoil too. the. Yeah. Films. Everything.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Darth Maul has a double-sided lightsaber? Exactly. <laughs> That's like twice as good or half as good. I can't tell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Harder to use. Never, I've
4: never Wait. been a purist.
3: Oh, Anyways, Witcher and Parasite. I fucking
4: love that. Well, I mean, I also don't watch movie trailers anymore. Good. I've stopped too. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I
4: I honestly, as all of you were talking, I was Googling films coming in 2020. And um, apparently there's an Artemis Fowl movie coming in 2020. I'm not kidding. And I love the book series. So I'm going to say that I'm looking forward to the Artemis Fowl movie in 2020. Did you do a book report of an Artemis Fowl book? No. And apparently there's like another book that I have not read. I was at the library the other day because my printer broke down. So I was printing something off, and I saw that there was a book that I hadn't read, and I was – I'm concerned.
3: Shout out to local libraries, by the way. Yeah.
4: I'm reading a fantastic book called The Library Book,
3: and it is amazing. I'd highly recommend it to anybody. It is a love letter to libraries. Yes, it's support great. your local libraries, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. Yeah, They're absolutely. wonderful. Yeah, And printing's cheaper than staples. that's so. that weird, is true, yeah.
1: That's that weird thing, though, Brian, of when you – like a book series, but the author is like in their prime – and maybe you read one of their book series, and then you, like, go away for, like, seven years. And you come back, and they've written six more. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I started reading a book when I was 14 that I loved. It was, like, my favorite, like, childhood book. And I read, there was two books in the series, and the third one was supposed to come out. Um, but the author was still working on it. And he was still working on it, and still working on it, still working on it. So, like, flash forward to, like, four years ago, it finally comes out. Like years, like over ten years later. And because the book was so big that he had to split it into two books. So both books finally come out. And I'm just like, there's more books in this series I adored as a child. And I don't know if I can go back. Because mm-hmm. I reread those first two books so many times that rereading them again is almost not satisfying. Because I know exactly what's happening. So it's almost like I don't want to keep reading. Because I'm like, i already seen it so many times. But I'm not aware enough. To jump into the third book, so I found myself in a weird lock space. So the, that, the wikis. that weird, yeah. So that's that weird thing of like the author's still alive. So if you just give it like eight years, there'll be more and books.
2: I'd also like to take this opportunity to plead with Pat Rothfuss to please release the Doors of Stone, the third book in the Kingkiller Chronicles. <laughs> I very much appreciate that in 2020, as with many others. Thank you. All
4: right,
3: and <laughs> yeah. return
2: my calls, Pat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I guess the thing I'd be looking forward to the most in 2020 is the final Rebuild of Evangelion movie. Oh, okay. It's finally yeah, happening. Yeah. It's yeah. happening That's right. in June.
1: They can't end it. It's too much of a cash cow.
0: <laughs> I, I think they'll find some way to drag it out after this. But this uh, re- Rebuild has to end. It has to. <laughs> uh, it's ending in, uh, in Japan. It's playing in June 2020. Hopefully we don't have to wait an entire year. Uh, for it to come out here this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Yeah, but I am uh, I am definitely looking forward to finally seeing Anno put an end to that one. Um, I, uh, I hope it is a big weight off his shoulders and hope he can finish it and get to work on, uh, on Shin Ultraman uh, mm. even faster because I want to see his Shin Ultraman. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Anything else people want to throw out before we wrap up?
1: Did that Skeleton Bookkeeper anime come out this year, or was that last Honestan? year?
0: Yeah. Honest yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, oh, God. What is, how long has it been again? Uh, I, I think it was last year. Well, you that should was, see yeah. it anyways, because so it's great, yeah.
1: and I love it. Hot older guy. Hot ah! older ah! guy. God.
4: So good.
0: That that show is great. Skullface Bookseller, Honda San. Mm. Each episode is about fifteen minutes. I think even less. What one thing that I loved this decade? There was a brief period where we were getting lots of fantastic short anime yeah. that were like anywhere mm. between two and like ten minutes, and that's it's all gone now. There's like you get a you get a couple every um, every season, but they're just they're just like porn basically but like the the good stuff like the um Oji san and marshmallow and wakakazake and uh and all those shows they've just they they came and went that was an interesting phenomenon this decade um yeah this is this is a kind of – not well it's not an end of decade show uh I' hopefully do one more episode uh before the end of the year but um yeah, we are, we are we are wrapping up on on 2019 here. Is what, yeah. Sorry, I, I, the two, the 2010s rather than just My 2019. I cannot I believe that.
2: I, mean, I wouldn't mean, be surprised if we saw more of that short form stuff moving forward because you know I think so much, so much of the stuff is still working off of the traditional broadcast model, which is has to be 22 minutes so that you can. Yeah. You know, da, da, da. But now so much stuff is streaming; it can be as long as they want it to be yeah. you can have episode one be 45 minutes and episode two be 10 and episode three yeah. be 50 and an episode th- like it's it can be whatever it needs to be now and i think once people start wrapping their heads around that it, we're going to get some interesting stuff in terms of length and you know maybe some of these shorts will be more
0: uh, yeah i, I mean, mean it'll take a while in japan because uh broadcast is still king there yeah, yeah but yeah. um NHK. and yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, I think that uh, that wraps us up. So uh, thanks, everyone, for yeah. for coming on. It was a lot Thank of fun. You. Where can uh, people find you uh, find you folks online on social media or whatnot?
1: You can find me on Twitter at at Katie Bear, and on Instagram at the exact same name at Katie Bear. And I have a website, CaitlinBearsto But find me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. I only have energy to really commit to one <laughs> social media. It's a lot. Uh,
2: I'm on Twitter at at Ian Stewart-Hanlon. Uh, I, I think it's the same thing on Instagram, but I haven't posted anything. The one time I posted something, it immediately got flagged <laughs> as being stolen from the movie Trainwreck, even though it wasn't. Uh, what? <laughs> so I have no content on my Instagram, but <laughs> call if you want. But yeah, usually, usually I'm on Twitter. Uh,
3: yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I think it's at ColeMFHoward. Uh, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, That's where I spend most of my time in general. It's a lot of political stuff, though, so buckle up. Uh, And then you can also find me on Instagram at at cmfh.esq because I thought being a lawyer was interesting when I made that account. I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that is just – that is a a treasure trove of just – if you want to see what a bored person looks like, check that out because, Lord almighty.
1: This man knows – None boring
4: shops. stuff. Oh, yeah, it's And he does Cooking with the Coal, Sometimes I do cooking which is videos the best. Mm. Wow. He's currently recording a, a Christmas yeah. album. I am releasing oh, yeah. a Christmas
3: Sex. album this oh. holiday season. It will be on SoundCloud. Uh, follow me on Twitter for uh, highlights of that. Um, I'm always
0: looking for new Christmas music, yeah, so my, my, thanks for the heads my up.
3: My current, or my, uh, my Christmas album from 2014 is up on SoundCloud right now. Uh, all you have to look up is coal in your stocking. Uh it's great. It's family friendly and uh it's wonderful to listen to. You know, cozy up to the fire and just make a night of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Or twelve minutes, I
4: think. <laughs> <laughs> it's about <laughs> as long as my nights usually go. Well. <laughs> well uh you can find me um on Twitter and Instagram as well, um at the Brian Doe. And I have a website called the dot com, but I have not updated that in ages, so
1: Ooh, and both Brian and Ian are going to be at Van Hoover. Um, oh, you're, we are. If That's you're right. a pony lover, brony. Yeah. Um, both Ian and Brian are going to be at Van Hoover in January?
4: January 12th. I January 11th and 12th. 12th yes. yeah. I
0: yeah. haven't heard that yeah. word
4: said out loud. Van you Hooper? did a good job. <laughs> Is it Hoover or <laughs> Hoofer? I
0: thought it was Hooper. Is yeah. it Hoover. Is it
3: Van Hoover? Van oh, do Sorry, I guys. I, 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 I think a lot
0: of Vancouver conventions don't actually think about how their names sound yeah. when you yeah. pronounce them. Yeah. When they Looks when good they on paper. Them. Yeah. I always yeah.
2: say it with the the as Van Hoofa, so it can be kind of either. Hooper. Oh, yes. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> yeah. Van Hoofa. Mr. Van Hoofer taught
3: me uh, German
2: in in school. Yes. Yeah, and uh, sorry, with oh, the silly yeah. accents going, uh, we should shout out a, a podcast yes. that a few of us are involved in: uh, Voyage of the Whifferfall.
1: The Whifferfall. The Whifferfall.
2: Uh, we've uh, a, a, a bunch of kooky uh, folks got together and uh, recorded a a show that was uh, created and mm-hmm. written by um, uh, Peter New and um, and uh, Henny Britton uh, b- produced and recorded a bunch of it. It, it. It's a ton of just silly Vancouver voice people doing uh, a great time
1: Dutch accent. Basically, yeah. a
2: bunch of a bunch of Dutch explorers sailing off to prove that the Earth is flat, and it's a series <laughs> of. Uh, it's brilliant. It, it's great, it's and madness. it just gets sillier as it goes, yeah. and it's it's definitely worth uh, worth a listen.
4: I just love hearing that <laughs> name <laughs> being Fall. said aloud. The oh. It gives me joy. <laughs> Bill Newton, you're a gem. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <The> Peter
1: Van and Hooverman. Spoilers. Jeez. Okay,
0: thanks yeah. again, thanks again, guys, uh, and thanks for listening to Zon in Canada. You can find me at J. Betteridge or email me zonincanada at gmail.com uh, our theme song is by Ultraclystron you can find it on his album Package Flood at ultraclystron.com and if you know anyone who might be interested in this podcast please recommend it to them uh, so Merry Christmas Happy Holidays whatever and I'll see you again